Hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Events, the wrestling dream match podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Martin Bennett. And with me, as always, is the French phenom, Anthony Hall. The French phenom. Who is the uh, French phenom? Uh, Rene Levesque. Oh, you're close. <laughs> oh, am I? Who, who's another? Do you know another uh, Rene? In Ren- WWE? Rene Dupree. Yep, that's it. Rene really? Dupree. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Rene <laughs> Dupree, the French yeah. phenom. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh, oui. I actually don't know if Rene Dupree was French Canadian or like or like real French. There's only one way to find out. I don't care enough to spend time to do that. I just saw the nickname and went, that's a funny one. Also, I don't hey. know where I don't even know where Rene Dupree is nowadays. So hey, Rene Dupree. You I just know? remember him and uh, who's the other guy? And they were in La Resistance or whatever the tag team was. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So Rene Dupree is from Moncton, New Brunswick. Shout out Moncton, New Brunswick. Oh, yeah. He is Canadian. Okay, cool. He is a French Canadian. Very cool. Well, there you go. And I think he's wrestling in Japan right now. That'd be cool. It says he lives in Tokyo. I can imagine so. I can imagine that. But hey, Rene Rene Dupree, if you watch this episode. Shouts uh, out to you. Shout out to you. Oh, you wrestle, <laughs> you wrestle in pro wrestling, Noah. Shouts out to shouts outs. That's yeah. what we're going to say from now on. Shouts outs to you. Shouts multiple outs shouts, to you. Shout, multiple shouts, multiple outs. Anyways, how are you doing, mm-hmm. Anthony? Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Bucket Vince. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a quick one for you because a little inside baseball behind the scenes of how we do things here at book events. Uh, we usually record things in a bit of an advance just to, because we got busy lives, we got day jobs, stuff to do. So it gives me time to edit and put things up, upload things. Um, we were supposed to record an episode in person, actually together, life live, touchy, <laughs> finally after all this time but then anthony had a dental emergency yeah i woke up and my face was swollen and i had to go see an emergency dentist and i have to get one of my wisdom teeth taken out in the next little while so we could not record on thursday and not then fun. Yeah, and then yesterday we are uh we're recording this episode on may 31st of uh 2021 and may 30th uh, as you marks know, uh, was a double or nothing. And yesterday, Marty and I watched it on my patio uh, with a projector set up. And it was really fun. It was so show. great to it was so great to like hang out again in person. Yes. I guess if anyone is super concerned listening to this or wondering, we've both have had our first um, injections of the vaccine. They're tracking us, baby. We we both like literally never leave our houses uh, <laughs> except for work. And we do like, the grocery our, store, baby. Like so. It, 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 yeah, we're we're cautious. <laughs> we're fine. We're outside, too. We're on the balcony yeah. the whole time sitting Social- apart from each other. But socially anyways, past, distanced 
past all that, Double or Nothing was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, what a great show. We were watching it and, you know, uh, follow our Twitter at Book Events Pod because we were live tweeting the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a great pay-per-view. It was really exciting. Uh, but there was one moment where we uh, we kind of looked at each other. We th- we were looking at one of the rivalries, one of the matches, and we kind of thought like, oh, what? Like, I kind of really wish that they went with it in this direction. And based off of uh, the title of the podcast, you can kind of already tell what exactly we're going to be doing today. But before oh, we wait, get into that. Wait one second, Marty. You, I thought when you were like, there was one moment that we both looked at each other and we thought, and then I thought you were going to talk about the moment that you laughed at for probably a solid 10 oh. minutes oh, during you mean- Stadium Stampede 2. Okay. Sammy, Sammy G is walking through the arena, the backstage, and boom, single spotlight. Sean Spears sitting in the center of a room full of chairs. Room, room full of chairs <laughs> for the chairman was for the Canadian God was like the perfect moment. But let, how about this? Let's let's let, we'll talk about our favorite moments from uh, double or nothing in a second here. But before we get into that in today's episode, of course, if you like anything that we do here at or like what we do here at Book Events, please follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you get your podcast from. Uh, if this is your first episode, please go and check out our other our other dream match bookings. Uh, review the podcast. If you enjoy it, that helps more people get access to it and check it out. Um, and yeah, thank you for enjoying. Let's, uh, I guess, yeah, we'll just mention what uh, our favorite moments from Double or Nothing were. This is going to be a very, like, timely <laughs> episode yeah. instead of an, an evergreen one. But I think it's just fun because it was a great show. Um, yes, you, yes. You already mentioned, yeah, Stadium Stampede was ridiculous and awesome. And uh, yeah, that shot of the lights, complete blackout, that all of a sudden the spotlight, it's Sean Spears sitting in a room full of chairs was just like, I lost my mind. That was so funny. That was such a that was such a great moment. I don't care what anyone says. Um, my favorite moment, uh, however dastardly and heelish it was, was when in the uh, triple threat for the AEW uh, title, uh, Kenny Omega uh, getting Don Callis to toss him every single one of the belts to hit pack with. Um, he hit him with four belts, mm-hmm. if I counted correctly. And then yep. he he faked uh, he he faked no selling an orange uh, punch or orange crush, uh, orange punch crush, uh, and then fucking <laughs> rolled up orange Cassie and, and, and stole it from our boy. Stole it. He stole the, the chance for us to match. have a new champion. Yeah. What a so good that was, match. that was my favorite moment. However, like dumb and over the top, it was him I mean, being the belt collector and assaulting pack with all of the belts was, uh, comical to me. I guess also a special shout out to uh, Sting looking amazing. Oh, he can still go. And, he can still and, go. And Darby taking the nastiest bump of the night of getting of having Ethan Page throw him from the ring across 
into the front row. Yes. That was oh my God. Darby Allen is insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He takes, he takes the most ridiculous bumps. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Also, um, his, if his leg would have like hit the barricade uh, oh. a little weirder, he would have been like dead. So, uh, it, it did kind of catch, but I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, this exactly. Is... And shouts out again. Um, and more shouts out. Shouts out. Multiple shots, multiple uh, All ego, Ethan Page for uh, absolutely launching him too. Like it was really on uh, Ethan Page to, uh, with all of his might, yeet Darby as as far as he could yeet him. Uh, so yeah, that was either he was going, either he was going to hit the floor, he was going to land on the barricade, or he was going into the crowd. Yeah. And then and then also and also big shouts outs to the guys in the front row for catching him. <laughs> yeah. Dar- Darby's brothers. Um, yeah. Uh, so, some of the talent that's uh, appeared on Dark. Um, I, one of the wrestlers uh, who was in the crowd, uh, I've seen him perform in Toronto in Greektown before. Uh, Blackwood. He is a, a Buffalo uh, indie wrestler. Uh, oh, and cool. he he's appeared uh, several times on AEW Dark, so shouts out to him as well. I one time asked him if he knew where I could find uh, a specific T-shirt, and it wasn't his. And he was like, "No, I don't know, man." And I was like, "Oh, sorry to bother you, sir." <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I, I promise if I see you in real life uh, perform again, Mister Blackwood, I will buy one of your T-shirts. There you go. <laughs> hey, who knows? Might end up being on awshop.com. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Um, but uh during one of the matches last night, specifically the um Cody versus Anthony Agogo match. Um I guess for us, like I'm not gonna go into a full review of the match, but um I'd say that it was my least anticipated match, but obviously, you know, Cody can make anyone look good. Mm. Um, Anthony Gogo performed very well for only having, you know, one match in AEW prior. And, you know, they said that he's been training for a while, which is great. But we 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 turned to each other and I don't remember. I think it was you that said it. I don't remember exactly who, which one of us like kind of sparked the idea, but we kind of sat there and went, imagine if, and we tweeted it out, imagine if Anthony Gogo came out and Ivan Drago'd Cody Rhodes just came out and just killed him in yeah. the middle of the ring. And, and like, and like Cody got squashed by like a professional boxer, just like Ivan Drago took out uh apollo, apollo. creed yeah. in uh uh in rocky f- four i was like i'm not i'm not gonna reference which specific rocky it is so i'm like i don't fucking remember i don't i don't know they all sort of <laughs> the only ones that i know are one and then the rest just blur together yeah <laughs> but but yeah it's like we we just started coming up with this idea of like yeah what if what if he just like ruined him and how big of a shocker would that be for Cody to just completely put over this new guy and then what would happen afterwards so that's what we're booking today yeah and also like 
it's not like unheard of for Cody to let somebody win, right? Like if we uh, think about um, the TNT title run, if you remember um, our beloved and uh, dearly departed uh, fave uh, Brody Lee, he he crushed him. He he crushed him. He he squashed Cody in that match. Yeah. So like. Um, Especially if with like real life timing of things, I I thought to myself like, to me I was trying to justify why Anthony Ogogo was in a win last night because I was like, oh okay, if he like Ivan Drago's Cody and like basically like beats him within an inch of his life, Cody can go away for a while. He can go on like maternal leave or paternal leave, um and and like be with Brandy as they welcome their beautiful uh princess to the world um and as he said and as he said in his promos um mm-hmm. um he, he could like yeah they could like be parents and not have to worry about like cody wrestling and uh and the, the in front of the camera things of AEW. like they can do all the behind the scenes stuff still i thought it could be cool to build somebody up like that and and then yeah cody could just have a break and i was like okay mm-hmm. that makes sense to me in my brain uh, and that way, as Cody is away for a while, you can continue to build a go-go up. And then in classic Cody AEW booking fashion, he could come back to a, uh, a rousing uh, fanfare of the fans and then challenge a go-go again. And then you could do like a, a comeback arc thing where he beats him. But like, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about if a go-go just crushes Cody and then what else happens after that? Well, I mean, you think about it like Cody is, and this is where you start getting into like the psychology of wrestling, which is always so interesting. And like how the reasons why you book certain things in certain ways. And um, it's very interesting. Also looking back at uh, the now two years AEW has been around because uh sure you know they had all in before that but double or nothing was like the first big like the first important show mm. and then dynamite came afterwards and then now we we're here two years later and looking at you know how they've booked stuff and um and we could do a whole discussion about looking at like their long-term booking and how you know, even in loss, how they've really utilized, even in loss, people can still be, can still look strong. Mm -hmm. But I do think a big issue that AEW has had is a lot of people that they've quote unquote said are supposed to be like monsters have had too many losses. Right. Where like someone like Lance Archer, like, I, I I love watching Lance Archer. I think he's an incredible mm-hmm. wrestler, but I think he has had too many unfortunate losses. Yeah, he's um, lost a bunch. And maybe maybe it's a thing where like they just like he he maybe wants to put over more people than just himself. And maybe it's eventually will be this thing where he like turns and has a big run on something. But yeah, I think with what could have happened is a you had a full crowd imagine the heat of 
you and also they had this all this whole buildup of like Cody getting doing his all American promo. He's taking his dad's nickname for the night. Like everybody is there giving these USA chants and all this stuff. Uh, it's just like Rocky. It's just yeah. like the movie when yeah, when Apollo accepts the fight and he like comes out and he he's dancing to that like living in America song. He's wearing like the Uncle Sam suit and it's all like, whoa, America. I mean, obviously, at that point in time that they're referencing in the movie, it's like, oh, America's great. Soviet Union bad. But like, yeah, I mean, the, it was set up to be like uh, like that, you know, like it, it, there are so many things, so many commonalities and similarities between the this obviously fictional work and mm, semi-fictional work of AEW, <laughs> um, where it's like it could have like mirrored it pretty well, like where it's exactly. like, oh yeah, like Cody is like so proud, he's doing this um, su- a super patriotic American thing, being like my family, my wife, my unborn child, oh yeah. The, mm-hmm. my my father's legacy and putting like all of that on the line and it's like okay as like cynical um smarks we're like okay obviously cody is going over because he wouldn't be doing all this america stuff yeah if he wasn't gonna win it would have been a it would have been a a crazy impressive swerve yes by AEW to just be like ring the bell and like Cody kind of is a little cocky and lets a go go like get like uh the gut shot in. Well, he did do the gut shot and then like the match went on for 10 more minutes. That was yeah, the problem. Like, yeah, because Cody <laughs> no, Cody like no sold it, right? Like because everybody else a go go had faced or had interacted with previously. Yeah. He took the gut shot and just like fell down and died. And Cody was like, Yeah. Oh! <laughs> if anything, what should it if if anything, like what should have happened or what could have happened that would have made it like nuts is like a go go like uses the rules of wrestling to play dirty enough with boxing to just like give it to Cody to the point where it's like you're begging him to stop where yeah. it's like. Maybe he gets him into the corner or something and he's giving him like headshots like on the forehead. And then somehow like we cut back and Cody is like, like just face full yeah. of blood where it's like yeah. he's because even because in some of those other matches, like and so, uh, I forget what match it was. I think it was in the I think it was in the stadium stampede. There was like a good. Oh, I think. Yeah, it was. It was when Wardlow full out punched Hager in the face. Um, uh, like you could have played you could have squared around the rules so it's like and maybe like Cody gets like a little bit of a comeback but then but then just like a go-go like gut punches him just gives him a full shot to the face yeah Uh, like like a proper haymaker like I'm sure like like yeah, let's be like conservative with it and a be full, like uh, a full on uppercut, and Cody just flies back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let's be conser- like, let's be conservative with it and say like the real punches. Let's give a go go like like three like real punches that Cody has to sell, and then yeah. the other ones being like the body shots that can be hidden a little bit 
Um, but like, let's say there's like three big punches. Like we would do like uh, a full closed fist, like haymaker. We'd do like an uppercut and then maybe like a, like a, a, like a left hook or something to, to put Cody like on the ground for good. Like it would be, it would have been awesome to like get some real like boxing punches in there. And yeah. And like you said, like kind of using some rules of wrestling to give um, unfair advantages um, to someone who uh, has these weapons uh, on their, on their hands. So, yeah. And I think like, like a go-go could be strong enough to just like, when like when boxers go into the 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 clinch the clench uh to like stop each other from punching each other like mm-hmm. if if a go-go had had some inkling that he was like at a disadvantage he could just like clench cody and like just like kind of like whip him around and then like toss him into the corner and like that would be like a really good way for him to use wrestling to uh stymie the momentum of somebody is trying to make a comeback and yeah you know how all, um, yeah you know how roman Re- also uh is there a way that you can just this is for the video people is there a way that you can like hold down your uh, webcam because it's like it's like <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it looks like you're in a mid- in the middle of a like a seismic <laughs> eight like uh, uh earthquake <laughs> <laughs> a seismic eight earthquake. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Stage five, a grade <laughs> A. I don't know. Um, what I was going to say is, uh, you know how Roman Reigns has been utilizing like the like he like when he really wants to put someone down, he's been utilizing like getting them onto either their back or onto the or holding or pinning them down and then just like laying in the forearms like really really like have have him do that too yeah yeah because like you know he's a professional boxer but now you get to utilize all this other you know uh this other move set these other uh possibilities of how to take out an opponent like he could really just like totally lay into someone um and just even even like what we were saying with like the clench like yeah like uh you know bringing them in close but like when when that happens and they get to the ropes the ref immediately in boxing the ref immediately like breaks them apart but he's got that five count and he's and it's like oh i can utilize this and he's just like giving them gut punches yeah he could just keep gut punching them or then and even yeah. or then even like giving a big finisher would be like uh obviously i think like the uppercut would have been a crazy finisher if they mm. like i know it's hard to fake it and so like that's the tricky bit but like in our magical world of book events i think that a full-on uppercut that sends cody flying backwards onto the ground unconscious would have been like the perfect end but i mean you could have even moments in there where he's like uh punching um like doing liver punches yeah and like uh yeah the, it, like i just think you have a guy in cody who can easily take a loss you're building up a new guy the rivalry hasn't been that long um it makes not just a go-go look bad like in terms of like a bad guy look and look powerful but then also like QT, their team. Um, this coming week, 
There's the bull rope match between Nick Camarado versus Dustin. Mm. Um, then that would be the perfect chance for like you have Nick Camarado come out and look like a a crazy like uh, hardcore wrestler where he just destroys Dustin on TV. Um, yeah, and if you're going with the stuff with like QT's um, group, yeah, um, like if you want to make them look strong. You give Ogogo the win. You give Nick Camarado the win, and you let Aaron Solo, like I don't know, like maybe not necessarily win, but like do some like fuck shit and like mess stuff up for people. Well, you make him. You could make him be like the weasel. Yeah, and yeah. like and like assist in some way, and then like QT looks like the big bad like boss of like yeah. twisted mastermind. and mastermind. Yeah, but yeah. like I think then for what would happen afterwards so okay in our world the bell rings yeah anthony gogo just destroys cody it's it's Sims, it, it's think, simpsons yeah, level it's, it's simpsons level stop he's already dead <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i think the the first moment is very similar a gogo charges at cody and hits him with a gut punch instead of cody no selling the gut punch he takes it and he like immediately goes to the ground and then yeah and then a go-go just does like the forearms like ball 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 and like then maybe we can like he could just like throw cody across the ring yeah um and that's where you're, that's when you're like oh shit like cody I is want, in trouble i want the crowd to be booing I want I want the yeah. booze to be so loud. I want the commentary team to be so worried. I want the ref to like go for a stoppage, like try to go for a stoppage. But then like QT is like, like, like makes it so like that. No, like, uh, like uh He's got to like, no, there's no TKO in this. He's got to yeah, make he's like, like, he's like, let the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or um, even, or even then a cool, uh, uh, an emotional spot would be like a go, go is just like laying into Cody and like Arn goes to throw in the towel, but the towel, then yeah. QT comes up behind T- him, like and grabs the it towel. Yeah, yeah. and stops him from doing it and like holds him there to make him watch. Yeah. Yeah, and like holds his arms back like like this, or and, like, and yeah, yeah, or like yeah. solo comes a uh, solo comes out. Oh and like yeah, 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 helps, yeah. Helps QT do that, and yeah. uh, just watches it, and then, uh, yeah, Cody's bleeding. A go go yeah. does the classic like super heel thing of like taking the blood and like like putting it on him and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then I think it's I I I think then it's like how Brody Lee pinned Cody in the most like I remember um, I forget who it was. I think it was Cody mentioned this after Brody Lee passed. Uh, It was that moment of when Brody pinned him. Brody said, is it okay if I don't um, uh, grab your leg? Mm. And Cody said, go for it because like pinning someone without like pulling up the leg or like holding down their shoulders, just literally like, pressing yourself over them is like the most disrespectful, like way to pin someone because you're saying like, oh, I, yeah. I, I knocked them out enough that like, I don't even have to like hold their body at all. Literally, literally just like pressing them down. And it's gotta be that. Yeah. And then it's just like, 
the loudest booze that you can hear. I don't think then that like a go go goes for the like like grabs like the British flag or anything like that. I think it's just let the moment sit of like a go go just destroyed Cody and yeah. everybody has to process what they just saw right now. And I think like to make Cody bleed, we have to do a spot where like Cody is like trying to use the corner to like prop himself back up because he like he's obviously out of it. And then a go go just charges in and grabs his head and just keeps thrashing it on the the corner like just I like, think boom, 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 boom. I mean I think you could have that, but I even think like you could go to like Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton level of like elbows to the forehead oh, yeah, or even yeah. just straight up like grabbing his head and just pun like punching directly into his into his head. Yeah, just like just mm, like mm. making it nasty. Like, yeah, like, yeah, because like, we we want to put over this dude yeah, as yeah. A, like the new big bad. Yeah. And of, of course, we yeah. all know the the Rhodes brothers just love to bleed. So like, they're they're, <laughs> they're absolutely okay with with blading or getting cut open. So it's like, yeah, we we just, like we're we're pretty sick bastards uh, this episode of Book of Fins because we just want to see Cody just get absolutely murdered by this man. But I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's not that like I love Cody. I really do think that he's mm -hmm. like a modern day genius when it comes to his promos his interactions with the audience like there was that time where like we thought he was gonna turn heel and it's oh, like yeah like he got the black hair and it was like yeah, eh, yeah. it's really hmm, i don't know about that and like you really didn't know if he was what way he was gonna go but it was clear like no you this guy it's gonna take a lot and like a very specific storyline to like bring that out of him otherwise like he's the most lovable like liked dude in wrestling and especially in AEW and like he's like but I but I think he had because he has that he can use that as an advantage too like he has in the past put over dudes who need that push just to be seen as like either an incredible wrestler that Cody respects and then we all respect in turn yeah. or put someone over as like the big bad that we all need to fear. The locker room needs to fear. I mean, like Cody introduced Eddie Kingston to AEW. Mm. Like mm. I'm, I'm, and I don't mean like in the back or like said, Oh yeah, we need to bring Eddie. Like Eddie came in to challenge uh, Cody for the AEW or for the TNT championship in a street fight. And then instantly everybody's like, I love this dude. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Now he's one of the favorites on the <clears throat> roster. But <clears throat> so, okay. What happens after double or nothing? Okay. So if we go with like present timeline of like <clears throat> QT's guys getting built to be, you know, actually big monsters, like, Nick Camarado obviously wins the bull rope match and becomes crazy. Uh, Solo is a weasel man. Uh, and, and of course, Ogogo has just destroyed Cody. So logically, I think it's I think either cute. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think Nick Camarado wins, but then Ogogo comes out and like after the match, like lays out 
Dustin. Yeah, just like just more assault. Just, yeah. And I think like, yeah, then maybe like Lee Johnson co- tries to like come out and help. Um, I don't I don't Dustin. think he tries to come out and help. I think then it's like referees and officials clearly like come out to like make sure that Dustin doesn't get like concussed or anything like that. Right. Or it like doesn't bleed. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, believe me, I'm I'm calling this right now. I'll bet anyone fifty dollars that this Friday on Dynamite in a bull rope match, Dustin Rhodes is going to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you can do the thing where like all, a bunch of refs come out or uh, or wrestlers, and they just yeah. all are taking gut punches from a go go. <laughs> I think then what the I think then this is a good chance to like maybe build up. Lee Johnson as kind of like the I'm here to defend the Rhodes family. Right. And 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 it's a good way to then build up this like baby face that people love. Mm. Um and like get everybody on his side to 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 do that. Um and like maybe he faces Aaron Solo on elevation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he beats him there. Mm-hmm. And it's like beating him by the skin of his teeth or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he manages to like, like the other guys come in to try to beat him up and he like manages to get away really quickly. And then it's like, uh, maybe then on dynamite, it's like, I want you, I want you a go, go. And then, uh, QT is all like, uh, I don't know, but, but he basically is like, oh, you can't you you don't you don't you don't have the like there's no reason for you to face a go go. And like, yeah, Camarado steps up and then it's like this David versus Goliath sort of match. Mm-hmm. And that could build up and like he could win that just by like. Like, I think again, solo, he like hits his finisher and pins him clean. Good. I think against. Uh, Nick Romero, he like reverses something, gets the one, two, three. Cool. Yeah. And then and then I think he gets utterly destroyed by uh, a go go. <laughs> and, and I think an, another clever like Rocky parallel here is like we could get Arn because since Arn isn't technically coaching Cody because Cody is on the shelf. Right. Is he is coaching Lee Johnson. And that's mm-hmm. how Lee Johnson gets that first win is that Arn is ringside with him being like, we believe in you, son. You're yeah. you're uh, you're the torchbearer for the nightmare family right now. And, and then he, yeah. Yeah. So they get these two huge wins, uh, one against uh, Solo and the other one against Colorado. And yeah, then it's like, OK, this is this is the Rocky versus Ivan Drago match now because Lee Lee Johnson's are Rocky and then he just. Yo, he, just no, he just gets destroyed. He like, just like, loses. No, <laughs> no, you gotta have no like a go go like full on like just ragdolls him. It's just we can we can repeat pretty. the uh, we can repeat the uppercut spot um, that we're talking about um, doing in the the Cody go go matches. Like maybe instead of a, the gut punch to begin, Lee Johnson runs in and he just takes one uppercut and just. Flies. That'd be crazy. <laughs> That'd be just, so like, good. He's like motionless. Like he just like does not move. And the ref is just like so confused. It just starts counting. Like, why? Oh, <laughs> Two. 
Oh, well, um, I was thinking like, I was was just like thinking like, is like, is there a way that you could have a finish like that? That's not like a last man standing match. Like, would it become Anthony Gogo's thing where he just like knocks someone out and then just leaves them there laying and then tells the ref to go check on them? And like the ref is like, they're out like clearly they can't compete anymore yeah why not if you if you can do that for submissions and have people be like passed out then like why can't you do that for like a regular match right so yeah theoretically you could just be like that's a go-go's thing where he he knocks them out and beats them so hard beats them so hard and and decides (laughs) not to pin them but instead just knocks them out because he's just like so disgusted by them by the fact the sheer fact that they could not even um, stand up. He's, they're not worth the pin. So he just like leaves or he doesn't necessarily leave. He just like steps into the corner and maybe just like puts his arms up like this and he just like, is like, come on, man. And then the ref goes and does like the arm thing. Like, you know, the like picks up the arm as in like when the submissions are in where it's like, oh, the arm drops, the arm mm-hmm. drops. And then it's like, oh, the arm is back up. They're still okay. But this time they just pick up the arm. Like Aubrey just picks up Lee Johnson's arm. And then just like it drops and it's just like an instant like, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "No, ring the bell. It's yeah. over." <laughs> they stopped. They stopped doing that. I noticed. Like they stopped doing the whole like they like usually like pick it up and go for like three. Yeah. Like just to make sure. Now it's just straight up like they grab the arm and if like it immediately goes limp, they just call it. Like I think it was in the Cesaro versus Roman Reigns match where like. Uh, they went for like the single drop, but then Cesaro just like grabbed the ref's arm. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, they, they, they stopped doing the whole, like, like it's basically like a three count burst mm-hmm. for a submission. Um, I think then the transition is that you have a go, go then go after either like clear. I think, cause I think no matter what, I think, the way you make a bad guy look bad is you have to have them face your favorite good guys. Like that's just how it is. Yeah. Like it's the most effective, like in the triple threat last night, like we could easily watch Omega versus pack, but it's not as impactful. Unless <laughs> impactful. I thought of it and I wasn't going to say it. Um <laughs> But it's not as impactful without Orange Cassidy because yeah, there's yeah. someone that you clearly want to cheer for. There's someone that you really, really want to be in there to win. Um, and yeah, it's just like a problem I had with the Miro versus Lance Archer match is like I like both dudes. Mm-hmm. I love both dudes. and I think they're mm-hmm. both incredible wrestlers, but like Lance is not necessarily like the, the, the baby face that, you know, Darby Allen was, or is. Um, and so it was, it was a good match because it was two big dudes just like beating the crap out of each other, which is fun. And we do need that sometimes, but it's like to make me like, yeah, they made Miro look like a badass by destroying Darby Allen, which is what mm. 
what you need. And so I think for a go-go to make a go-go look like a viable threat to make him look like a monster, you got to have him take out your favorite baby faces. And so, I mean, the first people that come to my mind, I mean, like, I think like you could build it up on like something like elevation or eventually when rampage comes out, that would be, that'd be a, a good place to, um, you know, take people's favorites, have him, uh, uh, take out each member of top flight or not top flight. I mean, you could do that too. Um, uh, varsity blondes, you know, yes, I was just thinking that I was just thinking that, that you have QT, um, like interrupt the varsity blondes after they get like a win or something like that. And, and be like, you're not facing real competition until you face guys like this. And then of course the varsity blondes being baby faces be like, yeah, we can handle any challenge. And then on like the next dynamite or something, you have the varsity blondes take on a go-go and like, solo or a go-go yeah. and nick camarado camarado and like actually a go-go and solo would be good because you can have solo start and you could get like you know griff to get some offense brian pillman to get some offense but then then it's like okay there's no like let's stop messing around and solo tags in a go-go and just instantly he just knocks out like um, i think griff i think as i think as a go-go slowly starts moving up the chain. I think the bouts get a bit more like whoever he's facing gets a little bit more offense. So yeah. like maybe Pillman Jr. like gets like a little bit in on a go-go, but then instantly mm. like turns around and then boom, one shot takes out. Kind of, I mean, like uh, a go-go versus the uh, the gun club was a good example of that, where mm. it was like, mm. Like, yeah, you get a little bit of offense in, but then it's that one punch and then you're out. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I think the varsity blondes would be good. I think then, uh, um, I think the pinnacle of it would, of like that mid card level would be orange Cassidy or jungle boy. I think like that's oh, a place where you could get to where like, I mean, hell jungle boy won the battle Royale. So he's number one contender. Now he's got a shot at the title in, in a couple weeks uh, against Kenny Omega. Um, it could be this thing of that. A go, go doesn't think that jungle boy deserves a, like to be in that spotlight. Mm. And, uh, and so then like, <laughs> You could have a really crazy match of like Marco stunt steps up in front of a go-go and it's just like, if you got to, if you want to get to him, you got to go through me. And then it's just like, and then maybe Marco like gets some really good offense in because it's like, it's like a go-go doesn't know how to fight a guy, his size or his speed or everything. But then it's just like, yeah, he, he just could probably ruins get like a, Marco. Yeah. He could probably get like a poison Rana on him or something. And like, uh, a suicide dive, but he maybe like will just go to the top rope and like try to hit a splash on a go go and just jump right into an uppercut and just like eat it like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, and then I, yeah, and then, and then his, Jungle Boy doesn't even have a chance to get into the ring. Yeah, I think then like a big a big match would be a go go versus Luchasaurus. Yeah, because then yeah. it's like you know. You have it. It would be it would be like the first chance, the first time that a go go like faces someone bigger than him. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, 
uh, you could have Luchasaurus like not no sell a punch, but like take a punch and like yes. come back from it because he's a dinosaur. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And also it's like and and since like uh, Luchasaurus is so uh, agile and quick with his feet, it's kind of like feet versus fists in a way. So you're like he he's getting like big kicks in to like kind of stymie. Uh, a go goes like punching offense and he has the reach advantage right like the tail whip like yeah. go goes not going to get close enough to be able to punch him so he could like kick him a couple times but there's going to be a slip up mm-hmm. and big tree fall hard exactly uh, once he get that one punch in it's it's game over for for luchasaurus and he just hits the ground and and that's it and then we could set up yeah like a go go versus Jungle Boy to put that like number one contendership on the line. And if we want to continue to build a go-go up, he he has to beat Jungle Boy. I think that if if it was like I, I like I'm saying like I, I like we're saying these names because I think it's a great stepping stone to like build a bad guy. But I think at yeah. this point, like Jungle Boy is such like a baby face and such like the per is the person that everybody wants to see win. Mm. I think then it's not upset. I don't think that jungle boy clearly like beats him, but I think he gets the better of him and outsmarts him or something like that. Okay. I see what you mean. And here's how this can all lead back to something important and continue uh, a go goes rise or a feud is that, Jungle Boy will win uh, by maybe like getting a, a roll up or yeah, sneaky or, pin. or yeah, a sneaky pin. Um, and since Agogo has previously taken out Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus, there isn't somebody to help him ringside. So QT and Solo and Comorado can be ringside for Agogo. And when that win happens for Jungle Boy, it's like, oh my God, thank God he won. But then he just gets beat up by all these dudes and this of course writes the perfect comeback oh okay. the person that a go-go has beat up at double or nothing in our fictional world and cody comes back and he's he's the he's the savior and he comes in and he helps take out qt take out solo take out camarado and then him and jungle boy both uh try to take out um, a go-go together. And once they do, it's like he's holding up jungle boy and everybody is kind of backing up onto the Titan Tron and you see a go-go and Cody lock eyes. And you're like, Oh, there's unfinished business here. A fresh Cody. He's alive. He's looking stronger than ever versus this, a go-go who has had a meteoric rise in the time that, Cody's been gone and that sets up a pay-per-view match. Who knows who wins? That is another day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but I think like that is a very simple, like in our eyes, how we feel Anthony Gogo should have been utilized because again, like we said at the beginning, like, it feels like they meant to build this sort of rivalry up in a certain way 
mm. to like like this it it just seems like it would have been the perfect opportunity to have a go-go come out of it uh, out of this short rivalry as a big bad yeah yeah and and then carry on from there but but yeah i mean that's you know that's our opinion that's what we think and like yeah yeah you know uh, wrestling you know stories in media and wrestling and movies and tv like there's a lot of similarities you know yeah like just in terms of you know uh, uh, a good guy versus bad guy story tale um but it's sort of like yeah you have this boxer come in uh taking out your the the like favorite just like pure good guy that you have and you kind of look at it just from afar and you can kind of go i mean we could just do the rocky thing like and then like like everyone hated ivan drago and because he literally killed Apollo one of the most Creed. beloved characters yeah <laughs> and we could just have him come in and do that and like you know it, it it sets up this line of like storytelling that we could do with this character and this group and 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 then eventually get its comeuppance and uh, you know it's it, it it just made us sit there last night and kind of go oh man just imagine if this happened Thus, yeah. then spawning. This imagine, the, imagine the JR commentary. Oh my God, I've never seen a man so so incredibly athletic, uh, savage like Anthony Agogo. <laughs> I I would imagine JR would be saying, um, "The ref needs to put a stop to this. He's already yeah. dead. <laughs> <laughs> you could be seriously injured if you don't stop it." Oh my God, we are, are the impersonations. The man worse. has a family. The man yeah. has a family. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anthony, stop this. A go go. Stop this. QT, stop this. He's gonna have a newborn. He's gonna be a father. How's he gonna buy my barbecue sauce? <laughs> All righty, that was good. Well, I mean, yeah. Let us know um, online, uh, wherever you want to connect with us on the internet. Yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah. let us know. Uh, what result you would have wanted for Anthony Gogo versus Cody. Mm. Um, would you want to have see, seen it happen the way that we said it? Or is there a different finish that you would have wanted to see? Or are you happy that Kogi beat a go-go? You know, let us know. Tell it, let us know your opinion. We'd love to hear it. Also, it's very fun to just say the name a go-go and to type it. Uh, and, uh, you know, shouts out, uh, shouts out to him for the very cool design on his ring gear. That's like the Olympic rings, but it's just his name spelt out on his trunks. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's pretty cool. So uh, shouts out to him. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally, it is yeah. literally every single time I go to type it, I, I have to double check myself because I'm like, <laughs> is it literally just O-G-O-G-O? <laughs> it's li- yeah, it's just like there needs to be a song of like uh like a Gwen Stefani a bananas B A N A N A S or <laughs> how to spell Anthony Ogogo's name. Um, but I mean, let's see what happens with this faction. And like, of course, his career is not dead in the water. It's just 
we would have really liked to see him come out on top um, last yeah. night. But, but so what? Uh, uh, oh, gosh, I just I just <laughs> had a brain fart. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, just let us know what you think uh, should have happened, how you would have booked it, etc. Um, to close out the episode, as always, we have our questions of the week and our match mm-hmm. recommendation. Uh, if you want to leave a question for us to answer or even just, you know, submitting a uh, a dream match that you want to see um, us book here on the podcast, uh, you can connect with us online on Twitter or you can submit your questions to our website, unknownairfilms.com slash book events. Um, and of course, as always, on our website, we have all of the episodes for you to listen, to watch, and also links to all of our match recommendations. Uh, this week, I think just uh, a good question because we were kind of considering what we were going to do this episode. And then Anthony came in with going, why don't we do the Anthony Agogo Ivan Drago booking that we talked about? Um, but we were playing around with the idea of doing like a AEW retrospective episode because they've been you know it's two years now how has their booking been so i guess just an easy question for this week is what is your what has been your favorite and least favorite moment from the past the the history so far of aew these past two years wow Ooh, favorite moments uh holy crow I think uh, my favorite, like, and by favorite moment, I don't necessarily mean like a singular moment or like, what do you think that AEW has done really well in terms of their booking? Um, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that Hangman Adam Page is the best booked character in wrestling today, aside from Roman Reigns. I think Hangman Adam Page, his story over these past two years has been perfect. He was you like you look back and you think about it. He was in the first ever title fight and he lost. And then he was sort of lost. He then teamed with Kenny. He became tag team champions. He then, you know, developed the drunk cowboy, sad uh millennial storyline and <laughs> and and but like he is so lovable he is like he's complex but it's also so simple to grasp and follow along with like i think he's i think that they have done an incredible job with uh with hangman yeah mm, i think for me maybe some of my favorite moments have been because of this group that had a big win last night. If you're if you're that, listening to the audio version, <laughs> not watching the video version, Anthony has changed the background to the inner circle winning at double or nothing. I've I've loved the inner circle all year, I think, and. Um, some of my favorite wrestlers belong to that group. Uh, I think they need to be utilized a bit more in outside the inner circle, uh, being Santana and Ortiz. Um, one of my favorite moments was just Santana, uh, Ortiz just like yelling the best, the best, the best, 
the best. Uh, other moments I really enjoyed, like, well, of course, like we talk about this match all the time, but it was like the Hangman and Omega versus the Bucks uh, mm-hmm. at Revolution. That was really, really amazing. I think Sting's debut was really cool. Um, hearing Tony Schiavone yell, it's Sting, uh, was pretty awesome. Um, I think, oh boy, there's so, there's so many sort of fun moments, uh, that we could talk about, uh, like Trent's, Trent's mom, all of Trent's mom's storylines. I think, um, I think that's another big plus that AEW is that like, they know when to lean into, the goof like mm. like they know there's a lot of critical people out there that will sit back and go like oh the dinner debonair was stupid and oh <laughs> like um like stadium stampede was silly like but like wrestling isn't always serious wrestling needs yeah. to be goofy and i think that aw really understands like when to be silly because they know that like there are fans or true fans out there that will appreciate getting to see these characters like have fun yeah and also like there are characters who need to be serious all the time and there's characters where you can play around with and do goofy stuff like having sue come and like like having the best friends fight for sue's honor and like Mm -hmm. yeah they're uh, and and also just leaning into the goofy like Orange Cassidy like full like on the, yeah full on just like supporting that character knowing that people love him that he's mm-hmm. over with fans everywhere and like not going away from it because it's strange or you know whatever like and I think another one of my favorite things that's not necessarily a moment, but just the the rise of the Dark Order as this really entertaining faction and group has been like really fun to watch. Because when I first saw them debut, when they all had when they had like the creepers and it was just like Stu and Uno, like I had no idea what the hell was going on. And yeah. my friend, my friend Brayden and I, who has also been watching uh, AEW since the beginning. He was like, oh, I hate the Dark Order. But now we all can agree that, like, you know, the Dark Order is super over. And, like, of course, a lot of that has to do with their leader, uh, Brody Lee, and the work that he did when he was a part of the Dark Order. And when he yeah. passed, it was it was like, oh, my God, like, there's no way anybody's ever going to do this group because, like, no, it's they're really great and like of course this event is tied to the company forever and in the history of the group so uh and, yeah shouts out and, to dark order and just getting completely over on being the elite like yeah yeah showcasing their comedy being mm. wacky and just like like yeah. even when like they were heels with Brody Lee like they were still doing funny stuff. And that was the that was the the two hands of it where it's like, yeah, on TV, they're very serious and they take and like they're ruthless. But then on being the elite, they can be goofy. And yeah, is, that's that's the having having your cake and eating it, too, in that way, which is really cool. I think like 
just to quickly go on something that maybe AEW hasn't done super well. Um, I think it's easy to look back and go like the women's division had a slow start. I think that now they're really picked up and I think that they're really coming to their own after they've acquired different people and and it's sort of set the pace as to what their version of a women's division is and who's a part of it. I think I think they've really like grown and developed that. I I will always say that I think a lo- I think a point that I wasn't happy with and I wish they had done something different with was FTR's uh, tag team title reign. Right. Like they came in, they beat uh, Omega and Hangman. I know like it was all just to have to continue to build the story between Omega and Hangman, have them separate from them and then kind of go through this change and then uh, get tied in with the Dark Order and Kenny to become heel and like all this stuff. But like they only had the belts for like a month and they only defended it once and they lost it immediately to the Bucks. And, yeah, like, and it was like to set up like it, it, it almost like felt a little like selfish booking wise for the Bucks because it, it, it like it was like to set up that dream match that everybody has been talking about for a long time, which was FTR versus the Bucks. And of course, it was like it was awesome. But like, yeah, to have FTR just kind of be the pawns to set that up was like it's a little upsetting. Obviously, they're doing stuff with the pinnacle now, um, but they're sort of like the Santana and Ortiz where it's like, I wish they were more a part of the division. And like, now that they're in a faction, it's going to be a little bit difficult. And yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, you're right. Like we, I wish we would have, we could have seen more of them dominate and they did have really great matches. Like they, um, when they wrestled, uh, when the revival wrestled or the revival, I, I keep doing it. Uh, FT, <laughs> when FTR, wrestled like jungle boy and luchasaurus and when like was it what was that match was it dax versus or no was it dax or cash versus jungle boy like that was a crazy match mm-hmm. um uh so man like there yeah lots of good stuff but definitely uh the company's not perfect and uh, no, if we but say that's okay. if we, yeah if we say it's perfect we are uh uh we are too much uh, of marks for AW, even though we yeah. already are pretty huge marks for AW. Um, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but yeah, but. it's been it's been a great uh, year uh, of wrestling for them, and for them to continue to pump out good programming during the pandemic was uh, that it was definitely a lifesaver for us and for the podcast because we had stuff yeah. to talk about. <laughs> I, um, and, and I think that they, <laughs> they handled it very well and they did a great job. Um, yeah, obviously like, you know, there probably will be some WWE super fanboys that will be like, <laughs> you oh you're just marking out for AEW. It's like, you know, it, they were a breath of fresh air of, you know, after watching WWE for so long and kind of getting bored of it. And so, but also I think that a, that WWE has profited off of the fact that now they have competition. Now they are being compared to something. And, and also, I I also just think that they're two completely different products. And so just enjoy one or the other, or both of you want. So, yeah. And I don't want to attribute AEW existing for um, WWE, like, you know, being better, 
But if we look at recent history, like SmackDown has been being booked pretty well. And it's like, it's pretty entertaining. Uh, And of course, like I really, really, really like NXT and I always have. And I'm always going to say that NXT is the number one WWE show. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, you know, it's great to have good wrestling and WWE uh, is good. Is awesome still. There's are really awesome performers that I still like that I, are I in mean, the yeah, WWE. That's, that's the thing I, I say every single week when I force myself to sit and watch Raw. Um, is like I watch notice Raw. how I didn't mention Raw. That's yeah. the only WWE programming that is consistently <laughs> faltering for me. That is like it has I, not improved, it's getting worse. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's like there's a lot of wrestlers that I love and support and want to support in wwe and like that's why i watch because i want to continue to watch their careers and watch Mm -hmm. them um do have good matches and there are good matches but you know we we, let's not turn this into a (laughs) why wwe sucks uh (laughs) moment but it's just like (laughs) yeah it's just i mean you know watch what you want enjoy what you want and but don't sit there and say that Others should feel bad because they enjoy this or enjoy that. I will question anyone who sits and says that Raw is the best wrestling show. Um, I want to make sure that they are healthy and that they uh, didn't <laughs> recently have a head injury. But, I, um, I want you to drink some water, reevaluate your life <laughs> a little bit. Uh, think to yourself, do I really like wrestling? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, let us know um, what your favorite or least favorite moments from the the past two years of AEW have been. Um, And I guess for a match recommendation, it's my turn this week. Mm. Um, And I will, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll recommend, um, I have to try to find a link to it somewhere, but I will recommend uh, the Cody versus Brody Lee match where Brody won the TNT title squashed, I don't know if we've recommended that match before in the past or not, but like since we were kind of talking about this, like building up a big bad guy, like go mm-hmm. watch that because it was like the perfect example of it. And also it's just a great match. So, yeah, you can also alternatively watch uh, Miro beat Darby as well, because that is also a good way of building a big bad is like Miro. It was a pretty decent match. It wasn't necessarily a squash, but like Miro looked really strong. And when you submit somebody and, uh, just make them fade away into the nether realms. Uh, uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, go check it out. Um, I will call it for this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening and or watching it. Uh, as always, you know, um, please feel free to follow us on Twitter um, at Book Events Pod. Uh, interact with us. Uh, we love hearing dream matches. We love hearing other people's thoughts, having fun conversations online about wrestling. Um, so yeah, come follow us on Twitter. Um, you can also follow everything that we do here at unknown air by following us online at UE underscore films. You can follow myself on Twitter, Instagram at Barton underscore minute. You can follow Mr. Anthony hall at hall and jokes on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening or watching this episode of Book Events. Please stay safe out there. Go watch some wrestling. 
and we will catch you next time. Long live the inner circle, baby!